Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, everyone, we are in Nahum. Uh, We are in chapter 2 now, and our schedule calls for us to look at verses 1 through 4. And Nahum has been telling the people of Nineveh that um, God is getting ready to restore Israel. And he's telling them so many things. Number one, your rule is over. Number two, your time is over. Number three, you didn't take over Israel because you were so great. You didn't get your previous military victories over Israel because you were so great. You had your time and your victories over Israel because God allowed it to happen. And you don't need to be prideful in any way. The only thing you have received is what God gave you. The only good things you did was because God needed you to do that to serve His purposes. Now it is time for you to fade away because His purposes now are to restore Israel. And a hundred years earlier, God gave you the opportunity to be restored from your sin. And when Jonah came, you repented, but now you have not repented. And um, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Every one of us today has the opportunity to repent, just like Nineveh. And many, many do, just like Nineveh did. And many will fall away. They, their hearts won't be changed. Maybe their mouth might be changed. But after a while, their heart won't be changed. And um, isn't that the biggest problem in the world today? Heart disease? Not hardening of the arteries, it's hardening of the heart itself. Hearts are hardened for God, not cholesterol. 
heart disease, huh? So God says now to us today, you can repent just like Nineveh did, or you can fall away just like Nineveh did. And anything you've accumulated so far, it's not because you earned it. It's not because you were great. It's because God gave it to you. God gave you that time. God gave you that blessing. But soon there will be a time where God will require different services. God will have a different plan for His kingdom. Remember, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth. And for those who are not of the branch from the vine, all those will be cast away like worthless branches that don't produce any fruit for God's kingdom. So it's almost a very vivid metaphor here for us to look at ourselves. Are we like Nineveh or are we like those who are among the branch that will put their faith and their trust in God to restore them? Or will we put our faith and our trust in the ramparts meant to defend our lives? Or the strength in our bodies for the battle? Is it in the strength of the ramparts? Is it in the strength of our bodies? Or our pride? Or is it in our weakness to give all of our strength to God, remain in our weakness for the day of His restoration. Let's read these verses with that in mind. Chapter 2, verse 1, The scatterer has come against you. Man the ramparts, watch the road, dress for battle, collect all your strength. This is a battle cry to the Ninevites. This is Nahum talking to the Ninevites, telling them the day for your battle is here. And you better, you know, from your wisdom's perspective, you're putting your faith in your own ramparts. Verse 2, for the Lord is restoring the majesty of Jacob as the, might, as the majesty of Israel. For the plunderers have plundered them and ruined their branches, their families, their people. But it will be the Lord that restores, not people. Because the Lord allowed you to be where you are today. Verse 3, the shield of his mighty men is red. His soldiers are clothed in scarlet. The chariots come with flashing metal on the day he musters them. The cypress spears are brandished. Talking about the shields and the chariots and the spears. 
The chariots race madly through the streets. They rush to and fro the squares. They rush to and fro through the squares. They gleam like torches. They dart like lightning. This is a, a glimpse of the battle. The shield, the chariot, the spears. It's going to be a battle of just intimidation. It's not going to be pretty for the Ninevites because the invading armies of the Babylonians and the Medes, as they come, the shields are going to be this intimidating red, either either painted red for intimidation or blood red from the battle itself. Chariots are not going to be made out of wood. These things are made with metal. So it's sort of the nod to, this is a strong army coming. And the spears are cut out of cypress wood. These are strong spears. And the chariots are going to be rushing all up and down the streets, the squares. And um, that tells you that there's not a lot of defense on the inside of the city when the walls get breached. It is a message of battle. It's a message to us today. On the day that God will restore his kingdom, those who are not of his kingdom will try to man their own ramparts in their own vein. We'll stop here and take up again tomorrow as we continue this fascinating study, this inspiring study of the little studied book of Nineveh. God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Vitaly, hope you're doing great. Can't wait to hear what you've got to say today. God bless you all. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Nahum chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 4. So in the remainder of the book of Nahum, um, we see the justice that's in... um, in uh, chapters 2 where we are and in chapter 3 we see the justice and goodness of God exhibited in the execution of his decision to destroy Nineveh so the last verse in chapter 1 is uh, part of that's according to the Hebrew Bible as Dr. Jim McGee has had pointed out is actually part of chapter 2 so let me just read and that was uh verse 15 of chapter 1 which reads behold on the mountains the feet of him who brings good tidings who proclaims peace O Judah keep your appointed feasts perform your vows for the wicked one shall no more pass through you he is utterly cut off so this is a message that is directed 
uh, here immediately to the southern kingdom and uh, the northern kingdom was being carried away into captivity but it's a message for them as well so god had a message that was good news for them so isaiah also gives the same message and it's actually uh, applied to the southern kingdom and here uh, nahum is giving this message which is applying to the northern kingdom um, so isaiah gave it to the southern kingdom at uh, the time of the Babylonian captivity and Nahum here uh, is giving it to um, the northern kingdom so this statement here is in Nahum and was in view of the kingdom of Assyria that was the enemy so Paul also quoted it in Romans uh, 10 verse 13 and it actually applies to Israel like uh, that dispensation and it looks to the future that God's not through with that nation at all so when um, good news will be you know when that good news will actually be brought to the people again so this message is also a worldwide message for you and me today for us and it's also applicable um, to us and let me just read that again it's a beautiful message behold on the mountains the feet of him who brings good tidings so the good news is gonna come you know we have a savior it's looking to the future who proclaims peace O judah keep your appointed feasts perform your vows for the wicked one shall no more pass through you he is utterly cut off okay so um these two scriptures have a direct interpretation that's have two different separate nations in view and also has an application to the entire world that's in um, Isaiah and in the book of Nahum Nahum so um, here uh, that's that what that's this message in chapter 1 verse 15 so now verse 1 of um, our study today that's in chapter 2 of Nahum it reads he who scatters has come up before your face man the fort watch the road strengthen your flanks or loins fortify your power mightily so here we come to Nineveh who is to get the message that judgment is actually coming so here we have um, the medio Babylonian forces um, because by that time Babylon wasn't like a great force now we had like media Persia so the Babylonians um, you know they joined forces with uh, the Medians and um, and these forces they came um, onto Syacharis and Nebo Palaza that came against Assyria so these were the generals um, assuming yeah but they it was under Syacharis and Nebo Plaza they came against Assyria and actually destroyed it so Nahum is telling Assyria they better fortify themselves it's like a, a way a sarcasm in it yeah um, they better fortify themselves as they thought they could withstand um, any kind of judgment because they felt they you know they were strong and you know they felt they were just going to go on and on and God is saying to this nation that they will be destroyed. And they were destroyed. Verse 2 goes on to read, For the Lord will restore the excellence of Jacob, like the excellence of Israel, for the emptiness, sorry, for the emptiers have emptied them out and ruined their vine 
branches. So this is a detailed prophecy here that we have, which today is an accurate historical record of what actually took place at that time and speaks of, you know, the finality of it all, the finality of God's judgment upon Assyria. So there's a, a, final, a finality tone to um, the statement here. So Assyria will never make a comeback. It's just been utterly destroyed. And, you know, Babylon, on the other hand, will make a comeback, but Assyria won't. So the capture of Nineveh here is described in, you know, very lurid terms. And it reveals how terrible it actually was. So one can write over this passage here um, and make the statement like this passage here that's read, you know, you can relate to the statement, whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. So what you sow is what you're going to reap. And the the people of Nineveh, they sowed discord and destruction and they were a brutal nation and look what happened to them. So, you know, uh, the, the saying holds true. You live by the gun, you die by the gun. Uh, so they had been a very brutal nation and they were you know, dreaded and feared, you know, they were feared such as, you know, when like neighboring towns that they were actually headed to, 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 uh, you know, to conquer and destroy, you know, when they heard the Assyrian army is coming, you know, the, you, you find the entire town would actually commit suicide then to, um, fall under the, you know, the capture of the Assyrians because they were very brutal and they had very unconventional methods of torturing people, you know, where they would get somebody and bury them, you know, um, neck down and leave their heads out. And, you know, they would put like a thorn in their tongue and they would leave that person uh, out in the desert and the person would actually first run mad and then die. It was very like brutal. Yeah. So um, they were actually very, they were dreaded and feared. Verse 3 goes on to read, the shields of his mighty men are made red. So here, meaning it's not red with blood. The shields uh, was not made red with blood. The Assyrians were fond of, you know, the color red. So, you know, you have their shields and their armaments were like scarlet red. So scripture goes on to read, the valiant men are in scarlet and chariots come with flaming torches in the day of, his preparation and the spears are brandished so here the Assyrians you know they like they were fond of the the, the the color red and it was also like a way of actually just um you know the 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 wilds or the, the the yeah the concept of warfare is to also just you know put in instill fear it's psychological as well so you know when people see um the color red you know they would be you know, it's, it's a psychological thing. Like, oh, you know, you actually instill fear in, um, in people. So they would make everything red because they were fond of the color scarlet. So the Assyrian char- chariots were not built um, of wood. Their chariots, they were like the latest model um, <laughs> of, uh, of, of chariots in that day. Um, and... Uh, you know, they were better than um, the other chariots. So they were like a latest version, latest model, because the Assyrians believed in stocking up on uh, armament, stocking up on um, on their skills of fighting and battle, but they completely forgot about um, God who gives them strength and, um, and protection. Verse 4 goes on to read, The chariots rage in the streets. They jostle one another in the broad roads 
they seem like torches they run like lightning so here it illustrates to us an interpretation of scripture and a method that's um actually wrong um if you look at um you know the prophecy mongers so here the chariots shall rage in the streets you know as the text reads the chariots shall rage in the streets they jostle one another in the broad roads they seem like torches they run like lightning so this here reveals that he is talking about the chariots as in the chariots of the enemies you know nothing else um and you know the chariots of the enemies and the assyrians as well and it is a battle that would actually be settled um, by the enemy using chariots so when the enemy came against assyria they had you know a very well defended city that's assyria that is nineveh had you know um 1500 towers on uh and each was like 200 feet high at the time of the siege the tigris river actually it rose it flooded because there was a lot of rainfall and it took out you know an entire section of the wall and you know that wall got breached and you know the enemy was able to actually come in and penetrate it you know the wall they were trying to breach um the floods breached the walls and then they used the flooding methods uh, that had uh, been for irrigation to flood the palace as well and so the palace was also got flooded and that's how the enemy was able to actually take them so the breach was so big that the enemy's chariots were able to actually get in through the wall so what we have described here is just the chariot battle between the enemies of the Assyrians and the Assyrians themselves of that day. So we have those, uh, you know, dis- uh, depositors that say that uh, this is a prophecy of the automobile. And this is, you know, these are just wild utterances of prophecy, uh, you know, prophecy mongers. And with so much happening in the world today, one can actually go overboard. And, um, you know, you have every little thing, you know, even if it's just clear and literal people and plainly spoken people just want to find um you know a way to just you know be a prophecy monger and just go overboard um and you know become a fanatic of prophecy you know there's just certain people they don't want to read scripture they just want to depend on uh like uh, just keep on like oh it's prophecy it's saying this and that even if that's not what it's saying even if it's just written in plain language and you know they end up being um fanatics of prophecy so this verse has nothing to do with the automobile it's not a prophecy about the automobile at all so um so here the 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 jostling um one another in the broad streets so here you know there's a sharp instrument on the chariot wheels on the hub of the chariot so there is a sickle like you know it's like a sword which actually extends out of the um axle of the wheel you know from the wheel and the chariot driver you know when when the chariot driver is on this chariot he will actually go up very close um as close as he could get to the enemy's chariot and these sharp instruments would actually just cut off um his wooden wheels and this is the jostling that's mentioned here and it has nothing to do with the automobile and this is what um was um happening in the battle so the battle was taken to the broad uh, roads and there was uh, the jostling of the chariots so yeah this is our teaching today 
Um, thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.